It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. I'm Darwin Zook. Thanks for tuning in to MLB Extras Podcast, Padres Edition. Pleased to be joined by Pods reporter AJ Casavell. AJ, as always, we appreciate the time. And let's start big picture with the Padres. Things didn't go exactly according to plan this past season. It's now been 12 years since the Padres made the playoffs. We have to start there. Uh, finishing in last place in the NL West, but a lot of young talent on this Padres roster. But, AJ, if you have to pinpoint one or two things that just didn't quite go according to plan this past season in the rebuilding process, what would those be? Well, I think there's probably two areas of, of kind of concern from the 2018 season, the biggest being uh, their, their stars kind of didn't perform up to where they're supposed to perform to. Will Myers had a down year. He was hurt for basically half the season with, with an assortment of injuries. And Eric Hosmer wasn't hurt, but he, he after signing that contract last year, he had he had a down year. He he did not perform up to the standards that he set for himself. And I think that's uh I think that he'd be the first to admit it. And he's gotta make some he's gotta make some changes in his swing and his approach. And that's that's kind of half the battle. The other half is uh, I think was probably expected. Their pitching was was poor, but that's the result of, of a ton of young guys kind of circling in and out of the rotation. I think what what did happen in 2018 was they were able to uh, they were kind of able to see which which guys could handle the challenge of pitching at the big league level, and I think there's some positives to be gleaned on the pitching side of things. But it's still it's still not a, a contention caliber rotation. There's still a few pieces away there. AJ, and yeah, I want to get to the rotation in a minute, but a guy you just mentioned, Will Myers. Let's focus on him for for a moment here. Uh, two years ago, he signed a big six year, eighty three million dollar deal, and you just wrote about this, and now. He's been shifting positions uh, from outfield to third base. There's some question marks moving forward about where he'll play. Um, where, do, where does that stand with Will Myers, and where do you see that going forward? Well, I know the Padres are holding some internal discussions right around now. Um, they, I wrote about this, and they essentially have four kind of options for where they go with Will Myers. The first of them being uh, continue with him at third base. I think that probably fits where the organization's going the best. I mean, he can play first. He can play the corner outfield spots. But at first, they have, Eric, they have Hosmer, and in the corner outfield, they have Fran Reyes and Hunter Renfro. And so third base probably suits the organization best, but he really struggled at third base last season. Another option would be to move him back to the corner outfield spot and either have some really intense competition for playing time or uh, or trade one of the other guys. And I, I don't know if the Padres want to do that after the seasons are coming off, but they could probably get some value for a guy like Hunter Renfro. Um, another option would be to kind of use Myers as a utility piece, like move him between third base and the outfield. I think that's uh, it's an interesting proposition, but one that given his struggles at third base, he might not be ready for. I mean, do, do you really want a guy – bouncing back and forth between positions when he's when he's struggling mightily at one, especially one that he, he wants to be playing full-time. And the last option, I think this kind of would have been inconceivable two years ago when he signed his contract, would be to trade him. And I don't know what the I don't know what the prospects are for a deal like that now. He's got a lot of money remaining on that deal because it was a backloaded contract, but there is a logjam in the corner outfield spots, and it would not surprise me if one of those guys wasn't in San Diego come next season. 
Yeah, certainly a lot of options there, but sometimes not always the easiest of choices when you sign a guy to a long deal and then he's shuffling positions around. If there were to be a trade with one of those corner outfield positions or with Myers himself, would starting pitching, you mentioned that right off the bat, be something that the Padres are looking for right off the bat in terms of trying to enhance that rotation moving forward? Yeah, I think I think if they make a trade, it's going to be for a starting pitcher. They're pretty... They're pretty comfortable with their offense moving forward. I mean, if you look at – I know it struggled a lot in, in 2018, especially with reaching base, but they have guys like Fernando Tatis and Luis Arias who could help solve some of those problems, some prospects. Francisco Mejia, too, behind the plate. Pitching is where they need to get better, and, and they have the prospects and they have – enough kind of big league options who are young and controllable who they can deal for a frontline starter. They were in at the trade deadline on on potential deals with Chris Archer and Noah Syndergaard. I, I wouldn't be surprised if some of those big-name pitchers who are available in the trade market this winter are also linked with the Padres. What it comes down to is how soon do they want to compete and are they willing to sacrifice part of their future? They need to evaluate which which young options are going to be part of that future and and, and their goal would be to not part with any of those core pieces. But uh, I think if if they trade one of those guys, it will be with a starting pitcher in mind. They have some good young starting pitching options in the minor leagues, but more than anything, they kind of need a, a front of the rotation workhorse if they're gonna if they're gonna contend anytime soon. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth right there. I mean, it seems like to really get back to that point of contending and. and trying to have a chance to maybe make a postseason run towards the end of the season. You have to have that frontline starter, and it seems like it's been a while since the Padres have really had that kind of guy. And I, when you mentioned Noah Syndergaard, you said, well, there's a guy right there, even a Chris Archer. Um, is, that re- is that realistic in the offseason, or is it more about developing the younger pitchers in the organization, or is there really a chance you could go out on the market and get one of these frontline names? I, I think there's a real chance, and I think the Padres might surprise some people this offseason with with their name being in the mix for some of these some of these big guys because they aren't they aren't too close to being to being contenders. I don't think anyone thinks 2019 is the year. I think people people might be looking more toward 2020. But if they can get a controllable starting pitcher who's who's elite of the Noah Noah Syndergaard type, we don't know who we don't know which of those big name pitchers are going to be available this offseason. The Padres farm system is the best farm system in baseball. And and it's not just because they have top tier guys. It's, it's incredibly deep. And so if they package one or two of these, one or two of these young hitters they have already at the big league level, uh, we mentioned Renfro, we mentioned Reyes with two or three of those prospects. I, I, there are a lot of, there are a lot of Padre fans in San Diego who have, who've grown to love these prospects, but if they can get a, if they can get a frontline arm, that's controllable. I think the Padres could surprise some people with how they're with, with how they're how involved they are this offseason, even though they're probably not going to contend in the National League West next year. Talking with AJ Casavell, Padres reporter, and AJ, in order to develop some of those younger talented hitters in the minor leagues and guys that have come up and already contributed with the big league team, you you want to have that camaraderie with the coaching staff and with the with the hitting coach and Matt Stairs let go after one year as hitting coach and um, that's the tenth hitting coach the team has had since two thousand four. How do they find stability in that position, which seems like it would be crucial in order to get these younger guys feeling comfortable, feeling connected year in year out? Yeah, and that's that's been the biggest problem. I mean, you look at look at where the Padres have struggled. It hasn't the players have changed. 
but the numbers haven't changed. It's the same issues. And the biggest issue of all, the biggest, the number one stat that needs to change for this team to become competitive is to, to start reaching base. And they hired Matt Stairs last year with that goal in mind. And, and now Matt Stairs is no longer here. And they finished last place in the majors again in on-base percentage. And so uh, I, I think they like some of the internal options. You look at you look at the work that uh, Morgan Burkhart did in, in AAA with some of the young hitters that came up here. He's an option. Johnny Washington's an option. Uh, they'll see they're going to evaluate this going forward, but it's really key when you have so many young hitters to find some stability and to find a guy who kind of preaches that right message. And they just haven't had that over the last 10 seasons. Absolutely. And that can be tough to really develop younger guys as that goes forward. One of those younger guys for, you mentioned him before, Fernando Tatis Jr. Is he ready to be a everyday shortstop in the big leagues or is he still maybe a year or two out from that? Well, he's, he's definitely not two years out from it. I think everyone kind of expects him next year at some point to come up. The question is when. Uh, he's he, he was set back a little bit by a by an injury. I believe it was a broken thumb in his left hand uh, at j- j- right around right around the trade deadline, the end of July. I think there was a possibility he could have broken camp with the team right at the start of the season in 2019 if that didn't happen. It set him back a little bit. He still hasn't played a full year in AA. I suspect. He, he's in big league camp this spring. He competes for the shortstop job because the Padres right now don't have a shortstop for 2019. But I, I think just just kind of the way he's coming off the injury, he hasn't played at AAA yet. There's some service time issues in there as well. Uh, I think he's probably likelier to be to be in San Diego sometime during the first half, but maybe in, in May or June. And and then that, that brings up the question, what do they do at shortstop until he gets here? Because I think he's pretty clearly uh, in he's pretty clearly the plan for the future. Yeah, and when we talk about, you know, a lot of fans say, Okay, yeah, young talent, we know it's in the organization, but with the Padres, it's really clear that there is a lot of young talent within the minor leagues that are just on the cusp of making big-time contributions. And, of course, it's hard to find good young catchers, and you wrote about this as well, and the Padres have a couple of those. As we wind down, just fill us in more, talking about Austin Hedges and Francisco Mejia, those guys, and what you expect from them going into 2019. Yeah, they got Mejia at the deadline uh, from Cleveland last year in, in the Brad Hand-Adam Simber trade, and, and he kind of... He, he started strong, and then I would say he struggled toward the end of the year. He chased way too many pitches, which is a which is a legitimate concern. I think there's 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 some question marks as to his plate discipline in the long term and whether he can kind of turn that around. But there's there's no denying he can he can hit the ball, and he's got an incredible he's got incredible bat speed, and he's got incredible bat to ball skills. Uh, and so the Padres now have two I would say two of the best young catchers 26 and under in in baseball and i think austin hedges gets gets undervalued throughout the league based on what he does framing wise and what he does game planning wise i also don't think the padres need to deal one of them and when you have two catchers like this you you better when you have a catcher who's good and young you better be blown away by any trade offer if you're going to be if if you're going to deal him because they, they don't come around very often and it's a position that that lends itself to to some instability guys get hurt or if Austin Hedges plays 110 games behind the plate next season and Francisco Mejia plays 50 and then plays another 50 55 in a corner outfield spot and and they can work his bat in they can they can pinch hit they can double switch they can do a lot of different things i think catcher more than anywhere else on the diamond it's okay if you if you go into a season with two guys now that would require Mejia moving the outfield in the first place but i think uh as things stand the padres would need to be completely blown away by a trade offer to deal one of those two guys 
Last question for you, AJ. Uh, play GM for a minute. Going into the offseason now, or offseason's already begun, but in terms of first move you would make if you're the GM, what are you looking to do right now if you're the Padres GM? Well, the most pressing issue is, I think, uh, the, the, the biggest long-term issue is probably starting pitching, and they're going to look into that. But the first move they have to make is at shortstop. They need to figure out what they're going to do with Freddie Galvis, who's a free agent. They need to figure out if they don't, sign Freddie Galvis or if they can't come to a deal they need to figure out first how much they're willing to pay him and if that number doesn't match up with what he wants long term they need to find that stop gap that that gets them to Fernando Tatis they need to figure out if it's Javi Guerra who's already in the organization but struggled when he got to the big leagues in September uh and they kind of need to they need to evaluate maybe maybe do, need to do some evaluation on Tatis and, and whether he's a guy who shifts between shortstop and third base or whether he's the long-term shortstop, no holds barred, he's playing short in the long term. And so that's probably the first order of business. Uh, what do you do with, what do you do with that shortstop? What do you do with Freddie Galvis? Do you bring him back? What kind of deal are you willing to give him? And then after that, I think you're going to hear the Padres after they figure that out, they're going to maybe make some noise in some other areas, given the, given the farm system they have, whether that means they make a deal or not for a starting pitcher, I don't know, but they're going to be involved. Well, the Padres certainly have a lot of young players that are, I think are ready to make noise, even though it's been a long drought since they were in the postseason. So uh, a more positive times ahead for the Padres and their fans for sure. And AJ, we'll be talking to you quite a bit during the offseason. We appreciate the time as always. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. AJ Casavell joining us here. You're li- you've been listening to MLB Extras.